This podcast is brought to you by Xander Fryer, the co-author of a new book entitled Mastering the Art of Success. In Greg's interview with Xander, they discuss the power of defining your purpose and learning how this simple process can bring more joy, happiness, and fulfillment into your life. Xander is a master coach who studied under Jack Canfield and helps his clients to achieve the success they deserve. Please listen to podcast number 658 with Xander Fryer about the pursuit of purpose. For the latest free entrepreneurial training from Xander, please go to www.xanderfryer.com backslash go. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of the podcast. And Anne, as I do all the time, I thank my listeners for the years and years of support they've given me and the continual growth that we get. Uh, the people that are downloading the podcast and listening to them in their car or at the gym or wherever they're listening to them. And we really do appreciate them. And today, joining me from uh, Delray Beach, Florida, is Anne Purcell. And Anne is the author of a new book. And the book is called The Transcendental Meditation Technique and the Journey of Enlightenment. And it really is a great book. It's an opportunity for people to get exposed to the TM techniques of which Anne has been a teacher for many, many, many years. And I'm going to let you guys know just a tad bit about Anne. Um, she's a writer, a poet, a songwriter. Uh, she blogs on Huffington Post, transcendental meditation teacher, lecturer, and world traveler. Um, she loves nature, enjoys people and family. Her education is a BSCI, Bachelor of Science of Creative Intelligence, and an MSCI from Maharashi European Research University uh, in Switzerland, as well as a PhD in Supreme Political Science from Maharishi uh, of World Peace. Um, her desires really are to see a happier, healthy world through scientific-based solutions to all problems facing the world today. And boy, Anne, could, can we use that. The, her website, the one that you'll want to go to, is www.enlightenmentforeveryone.com. That's www.enlightenmentforeveryone.com. That will also be in the blog entry for all of my listeners, Anne. And um, we appreciate having you on the show. Good day to you. Thank you, Greg. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it really is a pleasure having someone on who has been doing this as long as you have. And, you know, you write in your book um, that your life changed in the 60s when you went off to school in England and saw a flyer for a lecture on transcendental meditation. Um, we, as you did that, because that was a kind of a turning moment for you, what was the lecture and the meditation? What happened during that, that had such a profound effect on you as you look back all those many years, um, when you were sent off to boarding school there? Well, I was in my first year of college in England. I'd heard about transcendental meditation in in my senior year of high school a friend had learned and she told me about it and i and i was intrigued but my reaction was 
oh, I could never sit still for 20 minutes. No way. My life had been pretty social up until that point. And anyways, I arrived in England, and I didn't know anyone, and I looked in the pamphlet of all the lectures that were going on in Oxford, England, and uh, the announcement for a lecture on TM just jumped out at me. And so I went to the lecture, and I was just very impressed with the teachers. They were... They just had a very calm, very happy quality about them. So I decided to sign up for the course, and I just could not believe that I could actually sit still for 20 minutes and enjoy it. Um, I just felt this incredible, incredible calm. But I also felt very alert, very alert to the birds, and and uh, it wasn't an inert calm. It was a very alive, very wakeful state. But the real effect was when I came out of meditation, I felt like a hundred pounds had been lifted from me, like this weight of stress, this cloud of stress had lifted. And I just remember walking home that night, I felt like I was noticing the plants and the and the nature around me seemed so much more awake. And and uh, greener and colorful. So that was my first experience of, of, of my first meditation. Well, and it's always wonderful to enter into uh, a practice like that um, with a group of like-minded people. You know, you aren't doing it alone. You were there with a lot of other people that wanted to do that. But that, you know, fast forward, I know really that was in the 60s. And then in 73, you went to Switzerland to be trained to teach TM. I mean, that's how ingrained this became as part of your life. And and now you've been doing this for over 35 years. Um, almost 40, over oh, oh, over 43 years, I think. 43 years, okay. Yeah, well. I actually, just, just to clarify, I actually learned TM in 1972. Uh-huh. And then in 1973, I became a teacher of TM. Uh, okay. So what do you want to impart on the listeners about the practice and how you can, meaning the individuals listening today, really change their whole makeup, their DNA, their structural being as a result of transcendental meditation? Um, we'll talk about um, the, 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 uh, the eight principles, or I forget how many where they are here, or I should say seven states of human consciousness, but what, what is it that you'd like to tell the listeners um, is really available to them as a result of this practice? Well, I think the most important point, two points, is uh, that being, what you said, structural being, but being, the state of being, the state of pure silence, you could say pure consciousness, the most silent, absolute level of oneself is within everyone in this entire planet. Everyone has a very active level of their mind, and everyone has a very silent level of the mind. But because of the noise today in the outer world, we're just really caught up in usually in our active level of our mind. But TM, the technique of TM, is in its absolute naturalness and effortlessness and just allowing one to dive to that state that exists already within everyone. It's just a matter of 
having the right direction. And then it's like setting up for a dive at a pool. You just have to stand in the right place. But the dive happens automatically. And when you dive into that state of silence, it's so um, rejuvenating and nourishing. And structurally, it actually transforms the physiology, the neurophysiology. Even in the first meditation research shows that there's more coherence between the right and left hemisphere of the brain. And research shows that it wakens the total um, EEG front and back of the brain. It's called total EEG coherence. And uh, so when you come out of meditation, your mind feels clearer from that deep rest. When when the mind settles down to that very quiet level, the body, because the mind and body are interconnected, also settles down. And the whole physiology see, receives a very, very deep state of rest. And that rest allows deep stresses to be released. And then when you come out of meditation, you just feel so much lighter, so much more clearer that you're naturally more effective, you're naturally more present in whatever you do in your daily life. Well, I, th- I, I think what's interesting about transcendental, because you don't always hear the word transcendental in front of meditation. So right. what I'd like to do for my listeners, I think it was in 1958, if I'm not mistaken, His Holiness Maharishi uh, Yogi, brought these practices to the U.S. Um, and I know that, you know, obviously there are various forms of meditation. So what, if anything, makes the TM practice either that much different than some of the others? Um, I think that'd be a good thing for our listeners to understand. Yes, and I want to preface that, that everyone has to find the technique that resonates with them. And obviously, I'm biased because I've been practicing TM since 1972. But it's not just, um, I think, why I have liked TM and have stuck with it. And I did try uh, different meditations before I tried TM. Uh, That is its complete, complete effortlessness. It uses the natural tendency of the mind to go to that which is more pleasing. If we're talking now and and your favorite song comes on the radio, your mind will naturally go there without any effort. And a lot of um, meditation techniques talk about the monkey mind and you have to uh, tame the monkey mind and um, control the mind of all its thoughts. And TM, the technique of TM is... uh, actually uses the opposite philosophy. Um, Maharishi said it's actually a wrong wrong belief that wandering is the nature of the mind. And he said, wandering is not the nature of the mind. The mind has been in a position to keep wandering because there's nothing in its experience which could be so fascinating, so charming to hold its attention. But if there's any point of beauty or joy, the mind will naturally, naturally stay there. And so when one dives within during TM, because those quieter levels are more charming and more enjoyable, the mind will just naturally go there by itself. 
and uh, that and that is transcendence. Transcend means to go beyond, and meditate means to think. So we go beyond the surface thinking level of the mind. We don't try to concentrate or hold the mind in any on any thought or and that's what a lot of other meditation techniques do, techniques of concentration, techniques of contemplation. But with TM we just through a te- through the use of a mantra, a meaningless sound, we dive within and the mind just naturally by itself settles down to those very, very quieter levels. Interesting, because it is, you know, what you're saying here, Anne, is that um, the technique is different, um, but it is actually helping people to get to this um, altered state of consciousness, probably in a much quicker way, um, which I think is is good, because, you know, as you read everywhere about the monkey mind, and like you were just saying, um, it is a challenge. Now, one of the things <clears throat> that I wanted to get to about the transcendental meditation part is that Maharishi basically brought in these seven states of human consciousness. And it's an extraordinary contribution to understand um, these seven states of consciousness. Can briefly for the listeners, can you explain, you know, where are we starting and where are we going to with kind of you know, this cosmic consciousness or this unity consciousness being an ultimate um, new state of consciousness. But there are seven of them, right? Right. Um, Well, you bring up a couple interesting points. First of all, three of the states um, Maharishi didn't bring in. We all know those three states of consciousness. That's the waking, dreaming, and sleeping states of consciousness. And scientists can look at your brainwaves and just tell just by looking at your brainwaves what what states of consciousness you're in, whether you're in deep sleep or dream state or sleeping state. So those three we're already familiar with. Now the fourth state of consciousness is transcendental consciousness. And, in, and, and instead of saying an altered state of consciousness, we like to say it's just the most settled state of consciousness, the, the the most quiet state of consciousness. And as I mentioned before, scientists can tell now if you're transcending by the increased coherence of the brainwave. So that has now been established as a major force state of consciousness. It, not only does the brainwaves become more ho- coherent, but scientists can show that the breath becomes quieter, the oxygen consumption decreases. So there's several physiological parameters showing the um, the more settled state of consciousness. Now, the fifth state of consciousness is called cosmic consciousness, and that's transcendental consciousness, that state of quietness, along with the waking state. Now, the interesting thing about the research is from your very first meditation, you see that coherence in your brain waves. But then when you come out of meditation, it's no longer there. But when, if you've been meditating regularly, within five months, six months, two years, that coherence grows even in activity. Mm-hmm. And so that, what that means is that 
more orderly state, that more calm state is there even in activity. Now, the other interesting point is that many people throughout a time, many writers, artists, athletes, you've heard of of being in the zone, <laughs> where where athletes or musicians go into the state of just absolute calm, and they just feel that activity itself becomes effortless, the sport becomes effortless, or the painting becomes effortless, the the artist feels that, that he's not doing anything, it's just the art is just flowing through him, or the the football player feels that just he's just it all goes into automatic. And those are all descriptions of cosmic consciousness and it and it just shows that throughout time we've all not everyone on this earth, but many people have had experiences of higher states of consciousness but they've never had a framework to understand them, to understand them. Right, right, And so what Marishi has given is a framework to understand these higher states of consciousness and also describe how they systematically grow as a result of the regular experience of transcending. Well, you you know, you say in the book, and I think, and I want to paraphrase this, that when we reach this cosmic consciousness, our senses yes. of perception have become free from stress yeah. through the continual process of transcending the entire yeah. physiology is normalized yeah. and yeah. perceptions become more refined. Yeah. Um, actually, would, that I'm, is a pretty good definition, Anne, of the state of being that you're in when you're in that cosmic consciousness state, correct? Yes, and Moshi would go on to describe that as the sixth state of consciousness, that more refined state of consciousness where perception becomes so refined that we begin to see, um, you could say, just more celestial perception in in everyday life. And that's people experience that right from the first meditation, that life um, becomes more vibrant, perception becomes more vibrant and more rich. And so we begin to appreciate, you could say, God's creation, uh, the creator and and the world he created. And Mershi called uh, the sixth state of consciousness glorified cosmic consciousness, or he even used the word God consciousness. And that that only simply means that we start to appreciate the, uh, the creation uh, the beauty of the creation all around us. Yes. And, 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 you know, when you reach this, this is referred to in your book, the unity consciousness, that's you the say, seventh, yes. yeah, the seventh, you say we experience this infinite, absolute level of life, pure consciousness itself and everything. It's the same pure consciousness we experience deep with, within ourselves in the state of transcendental consciousness or the meditation technique taught, how does one attain, if, if I know you're going through stages here, but let's talk about this, um, this more, what I'm going to call it, this united level or state of consciousness. In other words, what if you start out doing this, if we have listeners out there, which there probably aren't many that haven't meditated, but if they wanted to kind of switch to this technique or they wanted to start reading your book and understanding more about how transcendental works, um, tell them how they might actually attain this level of of meditation. Well, um, the the meditation itself is the same. Uh, 
no matter whether you've started uh, meditating for one month or, or 40 years, it's the same technique. There there are advanced techniques. Uh, there's the advanced technique, the Transcendental Meditation City Program, and you could just say that just accelerates the the path of evolution. But first of all, everyone starts from where they are. Um, some people just are naturally more happy, more calm. Some people are very stressed. We have prisoners who meditate. And so it's not one set formula on this day. This is going to happen, or in this year, this is going to happen because everyone has a different physiology. And even people have had experience of unity consciousness without meditating because it's the most natural state of life. Mary says unity consciousness it should be the most natural state of life. It should be what we um, gain. Education, he said, should be to develop unity consciousness. It just means developing our full mental uh, potential, and that's what education should provide. So there's no set for, um, formula, but it's just the regular experience of transcending and stabilizing that transcendent in day-to-day life, and then just very naturally, very spontaneously, people start to have experiences of unity consciousness. And it doesn't even have to be sequential. Sometimes people can have experiences of cosmic consciousness where they feel like they're in that zone and everything goes on in automatic and they feel very calm inside but they they're it's called witnessing their activity they're not for here's a very simple example before you start meditating you may have reacted let's say in an office situation and and something bothers you and you react immediately but after meditating for some time, you're more calm inside and something happens in the office, then you're you're able to watch it more from a distance and then that allows you to respond in a more, um, you could say, uh, a harmonious way, uplifting way, in a way that brings solutions to the situation rather than a reaction to the situation that could be negative or not helpful to the situation. Yeah, then- it, it's it's definitely something that, you know, obviously our listeners need to, if they're not already practicing, you know, I'm going to encourage them to get your book, um, The Journey of Enlightenment. They can find this on Amazon and we're going to put some links to that as well. One, an interesting thing happened to you as you started your practice. You, you mentioned you're only about a year into it. And in the book, you've got quite a few poems and song verses and things. And this is a part of your life that's really, really important to you. But um, you, this phenomenon b- began to occur. You said now the blues started hearing melodies in your head or sometimes words and phrases started bubbling up. Um, what do you believe was kind of happening with this creativity um, as a result of you uh, diving deep into um, the TM practices. I would assume that you were getting in touch with a universal creative energy. I, I think you answered the question, absolutely, because that field of pure consciousness is a field of pure potentiality. And I have a wonderful, wonderful quote from uh, David Lynch, uh, who wrote the book Catching the Big Fish, the filmmaker. 
And he explains it really well. He says, inside every human being is an ocean of pure, vibrant consciousness. When you transcend in transcendental meditation, you dive down into that ocean of pure consciousness. You splash into it, and it's bliss. You can vibrate with this bliss. Experiencing pure consciousness enlivens it, expands it. It starts to unfold and grow. You catch ideas at a deeper level, deeper level, and creativity really flows. It makes life more like a fantastic game. And so you're tapping into that that deeper level of silence, that pure creative energy, as you said. And the more the stresses are gone from the physiology, the more you're connected to that silence, that field of pure potentiality, that field of pure infinite creativity. It's a field of infinite creative intelligence. It is, and it's a it's fascinating the um, your life journey, and I think you know you talk about it uh, quite a bit during the book because you intersperse it with the techniques and um, your poems and things that you're doing, and it's just a wonderful book for people to get exposed uh, to this journey of enlightenment from somebody who actually has becoming become quite enlightened in the process. Uh, is there any parting words you'd like to leave? for our um, listeners um, regarding the, you know, this journey to, of enlightenment and really a practice of transcendental meditation? Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for those, those very kind comments and, and for talking about my book. I, I, I think this is kind of a very... Um, stress time, you could say, in the world and our political situation without getting into politics. And it seems like there's a lot of anger in the world right now. But juxtaposed to that, there's a lot of searching and people wanting to awake. And I really feel that the more people can dive into the transcendent, the more people who can transcend and meditate, the more we can really have a transformative effect in the world and because really peace begins within and if we can get rid of our own stress and that will dramatically contribute in our environment to helping get rid of the stress in the world and the more we can come together and even group meditations and meditate together that will help wash away the stress this cloud of stress that seems to be lingering at the moment so we actually have a great opportunity uh, to really change the world from within. And there's a huge amount of research that supports the the practice of uh, transcendental meditation and its effect on the physiology and how that can also influence our environment in a very positive way. So we each can really be a contributor to peace in the world. Well, Anne, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth and spending a little bit of time with our listeners uh, discussing Transcendental Meditation and your book. Um, well, thank which is... you. I feel very honored to be on your show, and it's a wonderful oh. show that you do. Oh, thank you so much. So for my listeners, the book is The Transcendental Meditation Technique and the Journey of Enlightenment. Um, we will put links to Amazon to that book and also 
to Anne's website. The website is enlightenmentforeveryone.com. E-N-L-I-G-H-T-E-N-M-E-N-T for F-O-R everyone, E-V-E-R-Y-O-N-E.com. You can actually go there and check Anne out, check the blog out, um, contact, buy. She's got some um, things on Apple uh, music, uh, also transcendental meditation course for women. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities for you to get engaged with, uh, and through the website and then we'll put links to that as well as to Facebook, her Facebook page as well. Um, and thanks for being on the show. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us, um, uh, talking with us much. about your book. Thank you.